Hi everyone, I am Deepak Kambam and uh, you're listening to Secure Insights, a series of conversations with industry experts, influencers and leaders in the IT security space. In this podcast, I have with me Satyavati Devadari, Director of Cybersecurity at News Technology Tunes. Her earlier assignments has been with uh, Cognizance, Wells Fargo, Capgemini, IBM and Tata Communications. Satya is an information security leader with more than 21 years of experience in, in the banking and telecom and IT ITS industries. She has formulated and led execution of strategic enterprise-wide transformations and improved security posture with a higher return of investment. As a distinguished information security professional and a noted speaker in national and international forums and, and is an innovator with paper pending for patent. Um, so hi Satya, welcome to this podcast. Hi Deepak, thanks for having me here. Good morning to you. Yes, so let me begin by asking you uh, you know, data breaches are happening very often. I mean, it's like more or less uh, we, we, we see news uh, splashed all over the place, like data breaches are happening every quarter virtually. So what is your advice on how this can be prevented? Yes, Deepak, that's the trend now. So according to the recent uh, data breach quick view report, more than 1900 breaches were reported in the first quarter of 2019, exposing approximately 1.9 billion records. Compared to the last year, that means first quarter of 2018, the number of reported data breaches were increased around 56.4%. That means around the number of uh, exposed records were up by 28.9% from 1.4 billion. I think that's a huge number, right? Uh, And uh, the segments which were attacked are mostly banking, health, and government followed by other sectors. Yeah. So this this is a trend which we are observing, and uh, that's something which is a pain point for most of the CISOs in the world. What are the simple rules to address it? So maybe I I will try to cover four simple steps. Right. The first one, I think we all need to remember: data owner is accountable and responsible, irrespective of where the data is residing or whoever is managing it, whether it is a third party managing it or whether it is hosted in cloud or is it hosted by internal uh, premise, wherever it is, end of the day, data owner is accountable and responsible. He or she is actually taking care of whatever is needed to ensure the controls. At times when we don't spend enough time uh, with our third parties or vendors, then data breaches do occur. And in this space, there is a one, uh, one theme coming up quite uh, prominently nowadays is moving from uh, the whole terminology called trust and verify to a zero trust model. What that zero trust means, do not trust any party irrespective of whether they are internal or external. So that is a model which is uh, most prominent nowadays to address this kind of data breaches. The second part is uh, if you know, if you are in the security industry for quite long, then you understand that security was always an afterthought, right? It's a check mark or checkbox you are signing off, you validate it, approve it, or sign off. The things are already been done. However, that is not something which, with which we can actually address the type of attacks which we are seeing today, right? Because there are highly evasive and highly sophisticated attacks are coming every day. So the controls need to be designed in the first place. They have to be embedded in the design of the product or the platform or even in the business. So those are the things which we need to be addressed first. 
like the way the seat belt designed in the car or aircraft the same way the controls have to be designed and in the beginning not at the end the third trend what i uh, third rule what i'm suggesting is the major portion of the breaches uh, if you observe uh, the trends and see uh, and validate you observe that it's majorly because of uh, user unawareness or user do not know how to configure or do not know about the vulnerability which already exists either because of uh, they do not have the sufficient knowledge or they are not even aware about it so right addressing uh, awareness and giving sufficient training and creating the security aware culture will solve the problem to the off. the fourth uh, rule what i uh, consider is follow the base why basics uh, if you see ma majority or most of the incidents or data breaches are occurring because of simple things like passwords right there are incidents where uh, multi factor authentication is not uh, done on a mailbox so uh, big four consultants uh, mailbox is open and giving away uh, mailboxes of their customers like large banks right so that's one of the example there are various other examples visible where known vulnerabilities were not patched and then phishing is another one so these are the three things which are common thing right common things like strong passwords just patch your system do not link uh, do not click on any such phishing link these are the basic principles which we need to follow so follow the basics and then we would be able to solve a lot of problems so these are the four uh, simple steps i recommend Okay. Um, my next question is uh, basically, uh, if you see artificial intelligence and uh, machine learning is, uh, you know, it's hap is the most happening thing now. Uh, and do you see this automation uh, answering a lot to the addressing many challenges and how it will answer in the cybersecurity world? Yeah, I agree with you. Those cyber set attacks are becoming highly sophisticated in a way I just mentioned earlier, right? So we are moving towards an era where cyber criminals can reach their targets any part of the world, anytime. They can target a particular individual or an organization or a government body. So in case, uh, how they are doing it, right? If we see, there's a possibility that they are already using AI and ML. But uh, knowing that, uh, we all know that we have a genuine potential in artificial intelligence which could give a probability of attackers to weaponize and come up with uh, sophisticated attacks that will actually create a threat on uh, an organization or a nation or across, right? Um, so how are they doing it? Let's take an example, right? Imagine the attacker is actually already using machine learning capability and they know uh, a particular vulnerability. They run uh, the machine learning to predict the various uh, anomalies and then how those can be predicted or unpredicted based on that they come up with a highly advanced version of malware or ransomware so that the outcome is evasive not visible to the naked eye or firewalls or malware uh, anti-malware tools in that way they can design uh, malware like that so when they are going in that direction what do we need to do how can we protect ourselves right we also should use, I mean, cyber professionals should also use AI and ML to a large extent 
to address such kind of uh, attacks coming towards us. Right. I, again, uh, I will actually try to cover at least three use cases uh, in this uh, discussion. So let's let's think about phishing, right? Phishing is something which is common and around the, I mean, that is the one mostly used by the hackers to deliver the payload, you know, either through mail or as an attachment or a, a link hidden through that they are using it, right? 99 times, I mean, whenever there are 100 mails coming towards your mailbox, out of which one in every 99 is a phishing attack. That's the way it's happening today. Fortunately, uh, by utilizing AI and ML, we can prevent or deter such kind of phishing attacks. How do we do it? Right? Uh, by actually configuring machine learning appropriately, uh, we can actually detect and track more than 10,000 active phishing sources and react and remediate quicker than humans can do. We can scan phishing threats from all over the world, identify from where it is coming and how it is coming, is it genuine or not genuine, and identify the fake website much quicker than others. Right? Uh, by doing so, we are actually eliminating a significant chunk of uh, the fake websites and we can actually reduce the false positives towards us um, to 99% or 97%, whatever it is, um, by working on and that's the first use case. Second one is using it in vulnerability management. So AI-based systems can proactively look for potential vulnerabilities in our national information system. Uh, what it can do is it can continuously monitor what is our uh, vulnerabilities within our own uh, infrastructure and combine multiple factors uh, such as hackers discussion on the dark web about our organization or reputation of the hacker, patterns they are using. Based on all these things, uh, the composition, uh, composite algorithms could be designed saying that these are the vulnerabilities which are must fix and what are the things which we can do. Based on these analytics, uh, the professionals can decide uh, the strategies and address it much proactively. The third case is uh, behavioral analytics. Right? Machine learning algorithms uh, can use and create a pattern of your behavior by analyzing how you usually use your device in an online platform. In case there is an anomaly detected and there is any unusual activity detected in the behavior, then it will be created as a threshold violation and then the user uh, could actually implement information or sensitive system. I mean, immediate implementation could be system administrators. Right? Okay. So those are the uh, three uh, use cases I, I can recommend. Okay. And um, as regards to the regulations, uh, you know, statutes which are happening like GDPR, HIPAA, CCPA, you know, making organizations or rather forcing organizations to take IT security more seriously. So what type of uh, security tools uh, will you, uh, will be a minimum requirement to meet such regulations? Uh, that's a really interesting question and very good question. You know, no conference or, or a, a discussion is complete across cybersecurity professionals without discussing GDPR and its implications. <laughs> um, so uh, the highest penalty in the history was paid by Facebook recently, which is around $4 billion because of the misuse of users' personal information that we are all aware, right? So um, that actually gives us an indication that uh, people, uh, organizations have to be careful in handling the personal data and they have to create um, policies and then controls around it. 
Yeah. So to do that, I understand your question is on more on the tools, but I just want to speak about what do we need to begin with. More than the tool, I, I believe the process is very important. Tool is a means to end, but not the end itself, right? So first part is understand the data and underlying the and underlying databases. So for example, let's consider you are a health organization. That's very important to understand where is your patient data residing, right? At what databases it is residing and how that could be accessed. And then um, not just that, and then um, what are the ways and means in which uh, that could be connected? For example, underlying systems, for example, you have patient data stored in some system, but that is required uh, on the diagnosis, diagnosis machine also. So it is actually distributed, you know? So we need to understand where all the, this data is residing and, and actually classify the data accordingly, right? That's one uh, example. Same applies to GDPR. If we are handling uh, data of European personal data, then need to understand that there is an implication, right? At times we might need, we need to also understand where is this data moving? It, not just uh, at the source of origin, but also movement of data, where, where else it is actually being processed. Processed means being viewed also, not just modified, right? Those need to be recorded, that's one thing. And then California laws and Canada uh, privacy laws are also equally stringent like European laws. So um, all these uh, regulations are forcing organization to um, do the exercise of identification and classification of data, specifically personal data and personal sensitive personal data. And once we have that, then come up with controls to address it, right? The controls could be physical, technical, and administrative, right? The, so administrative is like contractual laws. For example, you are handling that data uh, at third party site or some vendor is managing it, then this is more administrative than technical controls, right? Then you need to have all the contractual laws in place to handle it, right? And physical, uh, how, how well your physical uh, perimeter is handled so that this uh, data could be not simply picked up and uh, run away with, right? Then finally it comes with the tools and techniques, right? The most cases what we see nowadays is uh, there's a high demand on encryption, encryption of data. Uh, so we need to be aware of what to be encrypted and what not to encrypt. Right. So there are multiple levels. That means it, during the storage, during the transfer, and um, and also during uh, the access, the processing itself. All the three areas we need to have encryption in place. And in some cases, the tools are needed to mask the data uh, which contains sensitive personal information. And then we also need to have tools to um, anonymize the data because, uh, for example, you are running business and, uh, analytics or big data analytics on uh, user information. It, it is an alternate use or a secondary use of uh, the primary personal data, right? So in that case, you should not be using uh, a uniquely identifiable data, but they need to be grouped or anonymized, right? To do that, there are again tools available. So those are the type of tools which are essential to meet the regulations. Okay, great, great. Uh, so I, I'm going to wrap up uh, by asking you uh, the final question as in, you know, the cloud security is, uh, I mean, the cloud security, uh, cloud is always a great uh, thing. A lot of organizations have already moved onto the cloud. It could be a multi-cloud or whatever it is. 
and uh, we just see a lot of uh, you know the cloud security the security aspects related to it is is highly important how do you see any new changes that's taking place in terms of cloud service offerings yeah that you're right because the cloud security is on a high and um, by the way the cloud security skill is on high demand right okay. so cloud itself is on uh, is a um, niche skill currently and we are asking for cloud cloud computing plus cyber security experience that's something which is uh, highly on demand so that's a diversion but come back to what are the trends the trend one what i see is access management and asset management so um, what do i mean here so when our organization is actually using multi cloud like probably an organization is using google aws as well as microsoft then there are three different uh, providers right and there are there might be multiple accounts right uh, hundreds of accounts everywhere then how do we actually connect all this where are your assets lying and then what about the access management of this of a user for if i take a particular user called deepa uh, where where does he have access does he have access in microsoft does he have access in aws does he have access in gcp so how do we actually consolidate access management around is a complex subject to handle with the same type account management um, or asset management is a big problem this is i think something which is uh, quite uh, well discussed in most forum it's about shadow it right? people go and buy small small products uh, from cloud and then that becomes a part of the business unit and then we don't even know that it's actually exist and people are using it for production purposes so that's something which is the first trend to address second one is data security and infrastructure security so uh, these are two interconnected however there is a slight difference here this is because of the cloud model offers uh, the shared security uh, model right the security is often shared among uh, the cloud provider and the user in that cases we need to draw a line of what is that the cloud provider is providing and what we should uh, do to ensure the controls are in place for example they offer the uh, we i mean vpc which is actually your virtual private cloud uh, infrastructure till there the, the responsibility lies with uh, the cloud provider after that creating policies on that creating your network security infrastructure is the organization's responsibility right and then managing the data security is also a responsibility of uh, the user or a Uh, the organization responsibility so it's very important to uh, understand uh, the responsibilities and create the controls around it at times it's so happening that uh, we are seeing cases where these responsibilities are forgotten it's seen that yeah it's already there so why not use it we we see trends like s3 uh, buckets with uh, public accessibility and with uh, even the redirect accessibility available or uh, you might see uh, mongodb cases where the db is actually accessible anonymously so all these cases are happening because uh, because of the unawareness or weaknesses in this cloud infrastructure so that's something which need to be uh, worked out yeah um, the third one i think this is the most important or uh, you can say niche skill of today microservices security or api security so we are still working on uh, the ec2 or uh, the google suite uh, gcp etc at the same time we are also using containers so how do we what do we do with uh, the container security right do we have some kind of security aspects there 
and then how do we handle api security how do we handle security for uh, lambda functions or serverless serverless functions so that is something which is coming in and then um, the fourth trend i think this is a commonly uh, commonly known whether it is on prem or cloud is threat management and vulnerability management the only difference here is the vulnerability management of cloud is uh, cloud is tricky right uh in some cases you may not be able to scan the entire environment you need to know where to stop where to where you can scan where you cannot scan so that boundaries need to be established and you need to know uh, uh what to do uh, but it's also important to understand that uh, the provider may not be doing the scans on what you are looking for so a detailed uh, study is needed there and then um secure secure sdlc or devops or devsecops that's the fifth trend according to me so uh, with the agile uh, method of uh, development today uh, every day the code is being developed or every minute actually with the distributed uh, development models um, using uh, github or what not um, systems right so the code is getting generated across and then it is getting released um, every minute right how do we embed security while the coding is happening during the life cycle right to ensure that the development is happening um, securely and starting from the requirement stage till the product is released that requires a detailed uh, what we can say uh, plan and actually a flow of work to ensure the security is everywhere that the controls are embedded and then developers are ensuring that whatever is needed to address was for any other um, uh, threats which are relevant to uh, their development are already handled while while they are coding so that is something uh, most important and that's that's something being looked upon the why i brought in into the cloud is because of uh, uh, so when we are speaking about devops it's i think mostly connected to uh, cloud because it's a distributed model and last but not least uh, logging incident management and compliance right um, so as i mentioned earlier if you are actually running multi cloud then how do you log all this uh, events at one place how do we create audit policies how do we manage the incidents and then by the way how do we create compliance across all this uh, different uh, providers so this is the another trend which is coming in so uh, to summarize i, I guess uh, i i actually encourage using cloud security and then i am part of the cloud security alliance as a uh bangalore chapter so okay. um, i am a, a advisor of using cloud but at the same time we need to understand the trends behind it and address the risks accordingly okay okay great uh, satya i think there is a lot of thought process uh, and uh, nice of you talking to us and sharing your uh, thoughts and uh, you know sh sharing your time as well i think it's, it's it's a pleasure talking to you thank you deepak thank you thank you okay um